All right, let us look briefly at the Word of God, and then we shall have wonderful fellowship over the meal that is across on the other side. Our beloved ones who are preparing it. Our dear ones who are online, you will be able to participate with us in the spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> we, shall, we shall take care of you as we partake of it over here in Jesus' name. So God bless each one of you. It's nice to see each other once again, and we bless the Lord for the joy of fellowship. And this moment as we celebrate, and, or we, and this by your carol service as we remember the birth of our Lord Jesus, although Christmas is saving next Sunday, and as uh, Linda has uh, advised us, yeah, we shall have just one hour service. It will be a brief service, just a one hour service for those ones who are able to make it. There are dear ones who desire to be able to have the service, so we desire to be able to open. We shall open the church. If you are free, come over. Let us come and fellowship together and celebrate what the Lord has done for us, even in giving unto us his wonderful son in Jesus' name. Now today, in line with what we have been sharing about the testimony of God, I would just like to touch briefly on this same, same aspect. It is the same word that the Lord has given unto me. It is still following the same thread of the testimony that the Lord has given unto us, or that the Lord is giving unto us. Because... You remember from the beginning, as we look at this particular time, it is the greatest thing you may be able to say that happened in, the, in, you know, in, in God's economy. It's one of the greatest things that happened that God had to step out of his Godhead and come to inhabit a nature that, was, that is com completely contrary to himself. Yet it is, he chose to come for a particular reason, because he loved you and he loved, he loved me. And we'll look deep, a, a bit deeper into that particular aspect, in one aspect of the testimony that the Lord is trying to give unto us. Realize, as we look on, on the scripture, that there is a time that God used to visit humankind, or let us say he used to visit man, and he used to relate to him directly, that is in the garden. You know, every day, the Bible says, in the cool of the day, his voice was heard in the garden. That is, his presence will come. He kept on coming every now and then. Oh, no. And he says, it says, in the cool of the day, his voice will be heard in the garden. Remember, he is invisible. And so, Adam senses his presence as he comes into the garden and he hears the, the voice of the Lord speaking unto him every other, single, every other single day. Think about it. As that voice came forth, it brought refreshing unto that. Just hearing that particular voice. You know, it, you know, if at all he was, he, was, he was down, it will once again revive him. If he was feeling lonely, it once again, you know, it, it shakes the, the heaviness and whatever of him. And that joy, the appearance of that particular voice is like you hear the voice of your loved one. It's like the child has been lying down, hears the voice of the mother suddenly speak and it lights up because it senses that, you know, what a wonderful presence this is. And every moment, every now and then, that voice will refresh man. In the moment he spoke, I believe, joy, you know, bubbled right in the depths of that, of that, of that man's spirit and everything about him. I'm sure maybe he will burst forth, maybe singing, because of the joy of that voice. Remember what the scripture says, in his presence is fullness of joy. 
at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So for the voice just to appear, it will mean that the whole garden must have been filled with joy. And there will be, I'm sure there will have been something happening in Adam's heart or Adam's whole being as a result of the presence of that particular voice. It revitalized him. It brought new strength within him. Just as it says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It awakened him. You know, as the voice spoke, I'm sure it awakened within Adam, or within man and woman, that, you know, that particular sense of the thoughts and the plans of God. They will start unfolding as he spoke across into the, in, the, in the garden. The plans and the wonder of the miracle that God was planning maybe to do the next moment. They will start unfolding before his eyes because in his voice, there was all that man would ever have desired. Remember, when that voice spoke at the very beginning, light appeared, the creation came into being as a result of that particular voice. And I want you to think of the power of that particular voice. When you think about that power as we look at this particular experience of him coming unto us, at this hour or on this particular time, you know, so many years ago, when you look in, the, in Psalms 29, it is interesting, I was just meditating on the issue of that voice, and I want you to think about it. That is the voice that was appearing to Adam in the Garden of Eden. He says in, 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 this, particular, in, in this particular Psalm Psalms 29 from verse 3, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. He says the God of glory thunders. Now, think about it. <laughs> the moment uh, all, uh, him speaking in that uh, garden, it's like, you know, waves going through. <laughs> you know, and Saddam, so, somehow, Adam was able to stand that particular voice and enjoy it. Now, I want you to think how far man fell by virtue of the sin that came upon us. He says the voice of the Lord is powerful. As it issued and you know, reverberated across that particular garden, you can think about the power that was released by virtue of that particular, of the virtue of that particular voice. He says, you know, the voice of the Lord is, is full of majesty. Think of it as he says, Jimmy. And suddenly, if at all you are sitting in that particular corner, you hear that it is full of majesty. Just as he speaks across unto you, it, it, imagine of all the majesty you can think of the royal of the royal family when on the pomp when they are being celebrated or when they are going whatever occasion when the royals are around, you can see that you know the trumpets and what have you, all the majesty that accompanies their you know their procession. That is what the voice of the Lord is like. That's what the Bible says that the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. You know, as it utters, there is nothing that can stand the power of that, the power of that particular, of that particular voice. It even splinters the cedars of Lebanon, and the cedar is a very strong wood, kind of wood. And yet, the utterance of that particular voice, it splinters the, 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 whatever, the, the, the cedars. He says, that voice divides the flames of fire. Remember, remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they were in the midst of the fire and the Son of God appeared in their midst, 
He says the voice of the Lord, it splits the flames of fire. It, that is the power of the voice that, you know, was going across God, the Garden of Eden. If you have never imagined or thought about it, that's what the scripture is telling us. That kind of voice that our father, our father has. That, you know, when he decides, he decides to speak. Now, look at it, it says, it, that, it even, it, that voice is able to strip the forest bare. That if the moment it utters, all the leaves can come off and, you know, even the branches break, break down. And if, if a vast forest that was full, it can be turned into almost in a clear field by the power of this particular voice. And yet, something happened. A man was able to stand and enjoy further fellowship of that particular voice every single day because the scripture tells us always in the cool of the day the voice of the Lord was heard in that garden but when man fell something strange happened that you know he could no longer stand the power of that voice the moment man fell when that voice appeared in the garden Man shot off into the corner of the garden and he, the Bible says even hid himself or whatever he says. He tells God, when I heard your presence, I hid myself. Suddenly, the one who was bathing in that glory, you know, that glory, something disappeared. Now, interesting something happens here. Now, God chose as a result of man running away from him and, and, and unable to stand his voice again. God chooses a different way to communicate with man and woman, and that is the way of his testimony. And that is what we have been sharing right all through. Are you listening to the testimony of God? Are you seeing the testimony of God? And today, we've got a wonderful manifestation of this particular testimony as he comes unto us. In a, in a place he speaks of his spirit, he says the spirit of God will guide us into all truth. How is he guiding you and I into all truth? Once again, I want you to remember the testimony of the Lord. Is, it, is, it is sure, it makes wise the simple, as the scripture tells us in Psalms 19. That testimony is, it, it, the spirit of God is at work in each and every particular aspect of the, whatever God is displaying across to guide us into truth, to bring us into the place of realization of who he is and what it is that he wants us to do. Remember what he says in John 16 verse 13, that he will take that which is of mine or rather he says he will reveal to you things to come he will hear and then he will speak he will show you things to come he will take that which is of mine and he will show it unto you and you know you can sit back there and start wondering all right how many times have i had the spirit speaking and how many times have i has he shown to me the things to come how many times have I sat here and I've seen him bringing the things that are of the Lord Jesus Christ and he has brought them before me so that I may be able to see them? That is a question that you know, one or two people can be able to ask and wonder how is it that maybe I don't, I don't, I, how is it that I don't, I've, maybe I've not seen it. But all these, as we have been sharing all along, is that aspect that it is all hidden in the testimony of the Lord. 
There are times that he may be able to reveal it once away within your spirit, but many times he places it right before our eyes and he wants you to be able to pick it up as we move on. Why am I saying that? Listen to Psalms 32. What he says in Psalms 32 verse 8 and 9. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. That is the Lord speaking. I will guide you with my eye. Now ask yourself, have I ever seen the eye of God? Because he says, I will guide you with my eye. And that is essentially an aspect of his spirit as he guides us. Then in verse 9 he says, do not be like the horse or like the mule which have no understanding. Which must be harnessed with bit with and bridle, else they will not come near unto you. This is the Lord speaking unto you and unto me. Why? Because everything about him, he is placing it before your eyes in his testimonies. And he wants you to be able to pick up those particular testimonies and decipher. This is what the Lord is speaking unto me. The situations that come before us, the things that happen before us, he wants you to be alert always. And it is the message that is continually bringing across unto us. I want you to awaken. I want you to be alert because my testimonies are before you. I'm revealing everything that I need to be able to reveal before you so that you may come into an experience of me and into the fullness of my purposes for the glory of my wondrous name. And now we come to today. This thing as we have had the, the story of what, what happened at the time of the birth of Jesus. Something that the Lord now wants us to learn. We have learned many aspects of what the testimony of the Lord teaches us. And you can go back into them. Last time we started touching on waiting. I will come back to waiting later. There may be another time. But for now, I will something that the Lord lays upon my heart on the testimony of the Lord. It is the message of just this one word came, humble yourself. Now, strange enough, the greatest humbling that ever happened in the history of God's economy, if I may say, as we say there, is when God decided to shade off his God godness. And he put it all down and he decided to step into your experience and into my experience. Hear what the word of God says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you also which was in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bone servant. And coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. We have heard the full story. From birth to the, to, to the point that our sister, our, our, sister, our sister shared with us. Sister Tom shared with us. Right through the carols and the songs that we have sung. What Linda has shared. It would, we've had the full story of the birth up to the time of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. All of it because of you and me. And all of that is, in, is all of it in, you know, it, you know, it is all in this one aspect. Which Paul tells us 
he humbled himself. And that is one of the greatest testimonies that God manifested across unto us. That, you know, first and foremost, realize he left his exalted place for you and for me. That is aspect number one. That's aspect number two, he became a baby. He not only left his place, he became a baby. What does that signify to you, becoming a baby? In this rough world, he knows it is the territory of the enemy, and yet he decides to come as a baby. The most vulnerable thing that you can imagine is a baby. It has got nothing it can do for himself other than, nah, nah, nah. That is all it can do. And, you know, beat out its hands and its little feet. But there's nothing else it can do. It is 100% dependent on others for its survival. That is God taking on, teaching us something that, it, you know, it, blew, it blows my mind when you try to imagine and think about it. He lost his voice. We have heard how powerful his voice is. He let go of that particular voice. No longer could he thunder and Israel shake. Remember when he was at Mount Sinai, he thundered, you know, he uttered that particular voice, and the whole crowd of, the, of Israel told Moses, Moses, you know what? We are not coming near. You go. We are not coming to that particular mountain. You go, hear what he will tell you, come and tell us, and we will think about it. We will, we will obey. That's what it is that they told him. That was the nature of the voice of the Lord. And yet, what does he do? When he decides to love you and to manifest his grace unto you, he lets go of his voice. He loses his voice. The other thing is, his abilities, they were all neutralized. He could not use any of his wonderful, powerful, awesome abilities. He let every one of them go. And he decides to come in. And, and not only that, he again decides to come into the, the list of all the cities of Jerusalem, of, of, of Israel, Nazareth. Nazareth was one of the poorest areas of Israel, of Israel at that particular time. It is not a place you would have desired to live at all. It was not an easy place to live. And yet, that's where he chose from the pomp of heaven and the pomp of glory and the universe being at his feet. He chooses to go to that particular place. Let this mind be in you, says the testimony of the Lord. He's speaking unto you and unto me. The Bible is saying he's bringing many sons into glory. You and I, men and women alike, he's bringing us as sons into glory, into the particular powerful and glorious experience. Now, I want you to think of those particular four things that we have touched on. He left his exalted place. And the Lord is asking you and I, are we willing to follow? You know, remember one of the words he said, that where I am, my servant is going to be also. That's one of the statements that Jesus said. I think it is the book of John. As he's speaking about the, the, where I am, there my servant is going to be. What does that mean? He's trying to tell us that every place that he has been is part of the experience that we may expect to be in those particular places. 
And so the first question comes, he left his exalted place. And the question for you and for me is, are we willing to leave our exalted place and give God a chance to manifest himself in you and in me for the glory of his wondrous name? Are we ready to let go? Are we ready to you know, let go of, you know, from that place of feeling high? Sometimes we feel so high, higher than any other individual so that God may be able to be glorified in us. Are we ready to be demeaned by others, humbling ourselves, losing our exalted place so that others may be able to see the love and the grace of God in us and through us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I answer the question, you answer your question yourself. Am I willing to step down from my high exalted ground? You know where you're standing, I know where I'm standing. You know, maybe there are those particular aspects that we hold on to. He says that, you know, he did not, he didn't consider it as robbery to be equal with God. But yet, the Bible says he made himself of no reputation. He lost it all on this particular day that we are remembering right now as we sing of how wonderful, how wonderful an experience it was for the Lord Jesus to come to us. Think it, you know, come into his particular mind and think what sort of thing was happening in him. And let ask yourself, can I, the same happen to me? The second question is, are you willing to allow your voice to be silenced? So for some of us, it is hard for our voice to be silenced. Somebody tells you something, you are up straight away. Yeah, no way. We throw our words, they just come like a missile, ballistic, immediately. You don't even think about it. It shoots out, you know, mighty, powerful arrows straight away at each other, at our husbands, at our wives, at our children. You know, we quarrel left, center, right. That is something that is common with each one of us. None of us is exempt. I'm not exempt from it. And the Lord is trying to teach us something here. Have this mind in you which was in Christ Jesus. Are you willing to lose your voice? Just pause and think about it. Am I willing to lose my voice? Am I willing to be able to stand that place that I'm not going to give them a piece of my mind? Now I'm going to let them know that even I, I am. And so we speak out. But he have this mind in you which also was in Christ Jesus the next thing that the Lord is asking us he says have this mind in you which was in Christ Jesus are you ready to become vulnerable ask yourself that is what humbling oneself is as we humble ourselves now remember the Lord does not say I will humble you never ask God to humble you you'll be you'll be in for trouble he tells you humble yourself he's humbling if he desires to humble you is not is not cool i can assure you that if he desires to humble you he may even kill you straight away let me tell you something don't, don't ask god humble me no 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 you tell the, you you humble yourself that's what the scripture teaches us he is god and you have heard how powerful his voice is so if you tell him humble me oh father you are in for trouble he will only maybe cough and you're dead before he has completely humbled you you know he has finished everything about about your you know your womanhood or your manhood you're gone finished you're gone so don't tell him humble me oh god 
to humble yourself. Heavenly Father, I will humble myself. I will surrender. I will surrender. I want to live a bit longer. I want to serve you a bit longer. I want to be a blessing to somebody else. Praise the Lord. All for the glory of God. So the question is, are you ready to become vulnerable? That is what happened to the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about yourself. You are totally dependent. What is humbling? God is telling you, are you ready to allow others to minister to you? Some of us, even as saints, we are very proud. We are not ready to open up so that somebody else can bless you or somebody else can minister unto you. We want to be all self-sufficient. That is not the saints of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not to pray for yourself 100%. Our brothers and our sisters are there to pray for you. He wants us to open up to somebody. I am dying in this particular corner. Cry with me unto the Lord. He delights in our humbling ourselves. That I am not alone. I have got our brothers and our sisters. They are willing to be able to come and help me. Don't die of hunger in your house alone. Cry out, I don't have bread. There's no shame in saying I don't have bread. Don't think that you will be belittled and say, ah, well, you know, it's his own business. Why does he use all his money? No, just go out, yeah, I used all my money. I'm sorry, I don't have bread to eat. I'm, I'm, I'm dying in this particular house. My brother, if you have anything, help me. Learn to be vulnerable. There is a blessing in the body of Christ as we open and learn to be vulnerable in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. And if I, I, I discover that you are in that particular corner, I don't, I don't keep silent. Somebody can open for the... Oh, all right. Exactly, fine. I, I don't keep quiet as I see you suffering in that particular corner and I say, well, maybe he doesn't want to be disturbed. She doesn't want to be disturbed. No. Come out, come out and go ask me now. But Paul, I can see you are shivering. I've got a coat here. You know, even if I'm refusing, no, 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 I can see you are shivering. Take this particular coat and cover that particular coldness of yours. It is, there is something that God is looking for us as a fellowship and as a body of believers that we may be able to reach that point. Humble yourself. But be willing to be in that place that you can be born in Nazareth. Although you are the son of the Most High God, that you can be born in that particular vulnerable town and be called a, a, a carpenter's son when you know that I am the son of the Most High God, the most awesome being that can ever be, that to the extent that he's invisible, I'm the only one who manifests his glory. I'm the only one who, so, you know, through whom people can see, can see him. Yet you choose to be born where? In that particular Nazareth town where there is everybody from that place is despised. Remember when Nathaniel was called by Jesus, he asked the, 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 the disciple, he asked, you know, Philip, he asked Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That is exactly how he was asked. The king of kings and the lord of lords has called him, but the mindset was, hold on, nothing, nothing of value can come up. From that particular place. I don't know where you were born. But I want you to realize something. It doesn't matter where you have come from. Where you are. But from wherever we have been. We have already climbed stairs. And we have reached some pedestals. And we find it difficult to step down. May the Lord grant you grace. And grant me grace. 
we are going to be able to will to step down and give him a, ch a chance. Have this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. What is the other thing? Uh, we have said that aspect that you know, being a baby, being, that is, being willing to be ministered unto, being willing to be dependent, to become dependent. Don't live in that corner alone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I repeat it yet once again. Pick up the phone and call. My brother, I'm having a headache. I don't know what it is. Pray with me. Even if you know that you're able to pray alone, you know what? Think of what encouragement it will be. Lift up the phone and tell, but brother Chris, I'm having a headache. I don't know. Can you pray with me, please? If Chris has not prayed for anybody else, he will again be challenged and oh, you know, I, I pray for you. Yeah, okay, let us pray. It already starts telling something within his spirit. Pick up the phone, brother Steve. My leg is aching. Can you pray for me? Yeah, can you pray? Can we pray together? Don't die alone in that particular call. Let us build that particular fellowship once again amongst ourselves in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be alone in your home and say, okay, I, I, I'm not saying that the Lord will not answer. Now, don't take me uh, wrong. Your prayers, God will answer them. But there is joy in fellowship. Praise God. There is joy in fellowship. So long as you have confidence that that man or that woman will pray with you, open up and tell him, Please let us pray together. And you'll be surprised. The scripture says, If two of you shall agree concerning anything you ask, it shall be granted unto you of the Father. Maybe the prayer you've been seeking God for, it has not been answered because you have not opened up to our beloved dear one. He's not telling you to tell the whole church. No. Just another brother or another sister whom you're close to. Share it. Humble yourself. Praise God. Humble yourself. It is a testimony that the Lord is trying to teach us. And finally he says, let your cap capabilities, your abilities be neutralized. That you are not the know-it-all, that able to do it all. No, you are willing to allow a beloved one, yeah, somebody can come and help me. Even if it is the mobile. You see, like me, I'm not dot .com. I'm not digital at all. So instead of struggling with it all the whole day, trying to wonder, hold on, what is going to, this one is supposed to be where? And this one, no, it cry out. Oh, you know what? Savannah, I, I, I'm happy because I know her, she's the digital. She's going to be able to know how to push things there. Mary, come and do this on Dwayne. Come on, how do I do this on Spotify? And they'll come and press the button. And straight out, oh, you mean it was that easy? And I've been fumbling with it for the whole week, trying to work it out. Let us learn to be dependent on one another. Praise the Lord. It is a, a, a testimony that the Lord is trying to teach us. That is, humble, have this mind in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And you know what happened most of all? That is the essence of the cross. Of you carrying your cross and me carrying my cross. That is, I think, think about it in all the experiences that we go through in life. The Lord is, demand, is, is demanding of, of you and of me. Think of him uh, as, we think, uh, as we think about our walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, from the foundations of the world, before even the world came to be, when it was being put in place, he was already slain from the foundation of the world. It was already in his heart, in his mind, I've got to die. I have I've given up. I'm gonna give. I'm giving up this Godhead of mine so that I will save the world. He could look far into the future, 
And so my brother and my sister, allow yourself to step down from your high exalted place as the testimony of the Lord teaches us. Allow your voice to be silenced a number of times. Don't let, Lord, don't let anger and pride, you know, puff up within your spirit and decide that you speak when you are not even supposed to speak. Allow to appear to be a fool sometimes. Remember what he says just as Linda read for us in Isaiah 50, is it 53? He was led like a sheep going for slaughter, yet he did not raise his voice. The Bible says he could have called 10,000 angels and they could have fought for him and released him from that particular oppression. But he chose not to raise his voice. He kept his mouth shut for the sake of the will of God to be done in his life. And remember where he says another place. He says, I have many things that I can judge about you, but I am here to do the will of the Father. That means he could see so many things, he could maybe criticize that, you know, you look at me and you can criticize a thousand and one things. But because of the love and the grace of God, you decide, oh, God tells me to pray for him instead of telling him he's stupid. I'll rather than you go to that place and you start praying for that particular person that in your own mind you consider he's stupid, he's worthless, he's not of any use at all. Yet you go on your knees and you start prambling yourself, Father, I pray for my brother. I repent for all that he has done and the wayward ways that he's moving. But I pray that your grace come upon him, that he may rise up to be the vessel that you have ordained him to be in Jesus name that's what God is looking for in you and in me in the name of the Lord Jesus and also learn uh, allow yourself to be vulnerable ask yourself am I vulnerable just look at your own self and ask am I vulnerable I've got my big defenses that are all round about me no man no woman can come near me not even my mother my father my brother my sister can come near me there are so many fences nobody is able to reach to know the vulnerability about you God says we are a body the body grows by what every member supplies it is as we humble ourselves that I discover I need you and you discover that you need me in Jesus' name.